When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Robins on the Wire, a Bristol Post podcast with Michelle Owen and Bristol City reporter Gregor McGregor. Welcome along to Robins on the Wire with myself, Michelle Owen, and Gregor McGregor. It's 13 unbeaten now for Bristol City as they move in to the playoff spots. A goal from Andreas Feynman and another one from Callum O'Dowder. Crown troubler Ashton Gate as well. We'll be talking about that. Blackburn Rovers this weekend, who've only lost twice at home. Uh, the transfer window is shut. Lee Johnson some interesting comments at the community event this week. Uh, we'll hear from Jada Silver as well. And a fascinating chat with David Pockaday. Um, all about some of the young talent he's bringing through right here in the city of Bristol at SGS. Gregor, uh, let's begin with Saturday's 2-0 win over Swansea. Swansea um, were going into that game, uh, you know, off a good run themselves. I'm beating in quite a few games, uh, but Bristol City... Just measured performance, a good performance, you'd say. I wouldn't say it set the world alight, but they did enough. And Jamie Patterson, Casey Palmer's pushing him for his place, but he's saying, no, this is my spot. Yeah, fair play to the head coach, because I think he got that right, didn't he? And um, those of us who like Jamie Patterson and uh, see his talents uh, as a a vital ingredient in this Bristol City side, we're not surprised to see him come up with... um, the goods there, and it wasn't just that cross. He was back to his creative best, I thought. Mm. In the first half, he looked the uh, likeliest outlet for the Robins. And and that's not to basically downplay the likes of Casey Palmer or Nicholas Eliasson, who are both excellent. You need mm. strength and depth, you need the numbers, and there's a really good competition for places there. That's what Lee Johnson wanted, that's what he's got. Those guys, yeah, it's going to be fascinating to see who gets the start. I did write something first thing on Monday, actually, saying why Casey Palmer didn't play or didn't get the start and if any Bristol City fans are wondering that then you just need to go back to the Bolton game the weekend before when Lee Johnson explained that yes he likes Casey Palmer's performance and Palmer got the official man of the match award however there were a few things he didn't like in his performance such as his uh, reaction to the transition or to translate that getting back behind the ball as soon as he lost it basically Um, and that's something that's going to take a bit of time for every player to come into the into Bristol City and learn the systems, tactical systems, and what Lee Johnson wants from them, but no doubt we're going to see Casey Palmer get starts going forward. So there's no worries there. And uh, Callum O'Dowd, another goal for him. Uh, he looked good, but he should have had a couple, shouldn't he? Yeah, O'Dowd for me has been the most consistent and best player for the, over sort of the last ten games or so. And in those ten games, he's now got four goals. And yeah, he just adds so much energy in the middle of the pitch. Been massively impressed, really blossoming. Um, yeah, <laughs> he's, he's a vital part of this team now. Absolutely, a starter at the moment for sure. But during the game, that there was crowd trouble. Um, we saw it from where we were sat. Didn't have the best view at the top of the Lansdowne, but could see that some fans were on the pitch. I know that a lot of Swansea City fans came into the ground late as they were walked in by the police. And then when they got in there... Um, passions just seemed to boil over tempers seemed to flare and to see grown men running towards um, other men looking for a fight with children watching on it's pretty bad isn't it Gregor without wanting to attribute blame because I think it's very hard to pick out blame from 
either side of the fans. And also, it's the minority, but why are we seeing this in 2019? It's sad, I think, unfortunately. It's sad. I, yeah, I completely agree with you. Um, unedifying scenes there, really. No, it's not what you want. And the, what, what saddens me about it as well is just reading people's reactions. The people out there are genuinely frightened. So, yeah. like, younger people, older people, and, yeah, it, it's a, been a long time since I've seen anything like that in an English football stadium. So I was pretty shocked, to be honest. And definitely questions to be asked of... Swansea City fans, Bristol City fans, and also the staff at Ashton Gate Stadium. I mentioned this at the weekend in a report, and yeah, the, the stewarding was inadequate at first in that far corner where the trouble flared. The, yes, the police then came in and got a grip on it, and then, yeah, it, it simmered down after that. So we'll, we'll see. Hopefully the club can learn from that, get it all under order for the big games coming up, because let's be honest, Leeds and Derby could be uh, tasty as well. And uh, yeah, hopefully it's all, it's all done and dusted and uh, the club can move on. Yeah, indeed. Uh, Lee Johnson spoke after the game and it was flagged to him. It's the first time Bristol City have won five league games in a row since his dad did it 10 years ago. Here's what he had to say on that. I can rib him a little bit then over Sunday lunch tomorrow. Um, no, it's good. It's a, it's a great run. Um, I'm pleased for the lads because they deserve it. And um, like I say, we want to keep extending that where possible. It'll only happen by the same sort of levels of work rate. And, it, and it's nice we broke... I mean, who even finds these stats? I heard a stat today that it's the first time we've done a double over Swansea from, like, since, like, 1912 or something like that. I'm thinking, who the bloody hell sits through every every game for, like, 100 years to find that stat? I'd love to find that, man, because I'm definitely going to buy him a drink. <laughs> Yeah, I wonder if he found him and bought him that that drink. Uh, great to hear from Lee Johnson there. Five wins in a row. Absolutely flying at the moment. Into sixth position. Into that final playoff place. Uh, we also heard from Jada Silva, who's established himself as a starter at left-back at the moment. So, yeah, how about that then? 13 games in a row unbeaten. Uh, five wins in a row. Seven wins at all competitions. Uh, it was a tough one today, though, wasn't it? Yeah, uh, yeah, it was quite a tough game to be honest. Uh, we knew that from the start, though. Um, obviously, they have got quite, quite good um, individual players. But obviously, we're on a bit of a high right now, confidence. So we knew what we had to do: just keep going and uh, um, show our stuff and um, get the win. What was the message from Lee Johnson at <coughs> half time? Because obviously, yeah, fairly close, nil nil at half time. But you got the goal straight after half time. I don't know if Lee's words maybe had something to do with that. Probably not, I don't know. But uh, just, just more in the lines of just keep doing what we're doing. Um, obviously, these last couple of weeks, we've, uh, we've been doing really well. So he just been, just basically said, keep doing what we're doing. Keep sticking to, to what we know and uh, it'll come through. And that uh, first goal, I think, came down your flank. I think you might have been involved, if I remember. So how do you, how do you look back on that now? How did it come about? Yeah, it was nice. Um, I think uh, I showed a little quick feet, um, got away from a man, and uh, Sid Pato, I think Pato made a good run down the side, slid him down. Uh, he picked up Andy well, and um, Andy took his goal well. Um, I think it's been a couple of games coming now where uh, Andy hasn't been on the score sheet, so it's, it's uh, delighted for him. All the boys are delighted for him to finally get a score. Yeah, the guys were saying upstairs, um, hasn't he done something to his hair or something? Is it white? Oh, yeah, I think he's uh, putting a bit of highlights or something. I'm not, I'm not too sure, but yeah. Uh, it's made, made the difference. Yeah, it seemed to work, so. Um, 
also for yourself as a, a defender, got the clean sheet there as well, and Bristol City, right? Yeah. Tough not to crack on it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, we've uh, we've been defending really well recently. Um, we've been working a bit on, in training as well, um, just getting that that solidness as a back four, um, and yeah, it's starting to show. J.D. Silver there speaking to Gregor after the 2-0 win over Swansea. Um, Gregor, is it right Bristol City the second best defence in the Championship? Is that correct? It is, yeah. And phenomenal reason for their improvement this season. And I can't see that changing, to be honest, because they've got such strength and depth. That was the thing for me against Swansea. that they Again, they've changed a lot of the back five. And I do think Frankie Fielding has been magnificent know, the last few yeah. weeks. Interesting that uh, Lee Johnson was saying last night that it was a really close call between Max O'Leary and Frank Fielding for the mm. goalkeeper position against Nottingham Forest. And just because Max had been out with um, illness, I believe, for a couple of days, it meant that Frankie got the nod. And uh, yeah, and then and then Fielding makes that amazing fingertip save to push it onto the post from Byers. Uh, yeah, George Byers, yeah, youngster in the Swansea midfield. That was a fantastic save. But also what's really impressive is the problems perhaps that Bristol City have had defensively was Eros Bassano being out, Nathan Baker's had his problems, um, Jack Hunt is out at the moment as well. I think he's going to be back in a few weeks, but it's not a problem. Bailey Wright has stepped in, been fantastic. Jada Silva is in. Perhaps Lloyd Kelly's form not as good as it was at the start of the season. Depth, Gregor, we keep saying it, but it's there. Never mind Aidan Flint. They've got the depth. And didn't Lee Johnson say this week if he was going to lose Aidan Flint, then he wanted to get Adam Webster in? He did. He said exactly that. And um, to be fair, he credited Mark Ashton as well for the business that was done last summer and said that the chief exec deserves some credit because, yeah, the, the deal was that if he was going to lose Flint, he, then he, was, he, he wanted Ad, um, Adam Webster to come in. And in fact, just picking up on that, Mark Ashton said last night that basically Bristol City got most of their number one targets in the summer transfer window. Good signs. And I always think if you, if a club gets most of their top targets in the transfer window, you can bet your bottom dollar they, they most often, I'm sure, have um, have a good run coming up afterwards and achieve their objectives the next year. It's it, We all know the transfer market is so incredibly important. The club did good business last summer and they're seeing the rewards now. What about January? The, the window is now shut, uh, as we discussed last week. Mo Isa, Mo Isa, however you want to say it, incredibly close to leaving, wasn't he? Online. He was, yeah. In fact, there's some quotes, aren't there, that have just emerged today from Lee Bowyer, who's explained that basically Bristol City wanted to bring in a striker if that had happened. And it's kind of like what we were saying um, ourselves yep. last yep. week, that if somebody came in, then there was going to be somebody going out. And yeah... Lee Bowyer's confirmed basically what we said, that if, if, if that had happened, then Moeza would have gone out on loan. And he also confirmed that Bristol City were in for Scott Hogan, which I'm sure um, the likes of Lee and Mark won't be too happy to read. But, but that's the way it goes. And yeah, obviously City wanted to bring in Scott Hogan. I, I remember Sky Sports were reporting that as well. I, no doubts about that. And unfortunately, Sheffield United just won that race. And um, uh, sort of coupled in, or well, tied into that, I asked Lee Johnson myself about Britta Somba longer at the weekend, and he didn't rule it out. And I do, I've said this to a few people, I do always think often that Lee will rule out something if it's completely off track. Mm. So I'll tell you just a little word about Britta Somba longer. My sources tell me that he potentially would have been interested in coming to Bristol City, but it was more that Middlesbrough uh, 
didn't really want to lose him. You can see why he scored two goals at the weekend. So Middlesbrough wanted to keep hold of him. So uh, it's interesting to see how that one plays out perhaps in future and, and see what both clubs do. And maybe if Borough go up to the Premier League, hey, maybe if Bristol City go up to the Premier League and how in that, that final playoff place, um, aren't they? But yeah, depth-wise looking good. The window uh, looks like it went pretty well, all things considered. Uh, perhaps not getting that striker in, but you know they, they played it that Antoine Semenyo was the man they they see as their new striker, bringing him back from, from Newport County. Yeah, not, I think we're going to have to be patient with Antoine. And um, like, whenever I speak to anybody behind the scenes about young players, it's always they've got a good chance, they've got a good chance. And that's what it always boils down to, that basically somebody's got a chance of making a name for themselves and Antoine will get a chance, no doubt, later this season at some point. We thought he'd feature on Saturday. Yeah, just think it's a little bit too early for him. Obviously, Lee has said um, in the last couple of days that he hasn't had a chance to work with him properly. Uh, it's interesting to hear on what Antoine needs to needs to brush up on really to to make the the, the step into the first team there. And uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna discuss this in more detail towards the end of the podcast. Mm. And uh, yeah, with a guy who's very instrumental in 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 Antoine Semenyo being where he is really. Absolutely, we'll come on to that shortly. Um, Lee Johnson was speaking at a community event uh, this week, wasn't he? What did you learn from that, Gregor? Yeah, it's the club's um, communications event last night and basically Mark and John Lansdowne were there as well. And I thought, to be fair to the club, it was a really good event. I thought they answered pretty much everything. There was a couple of questions in there. I'm going to be honest. I thought, wow, that's a, that is a good question. And uh, Fair play to the, the the three wise men there. They they answered everything and uh, I thought they did a good job, really. And I think it's good that the club does have those communications events. In hand, and I did tweet this last night with speaking to journalists as well, because um, not everybody wants to put their, their, their question forward. Um, with their name, they might want to do it anonymously or have somebody, a, a professional, do it um, for them on their behalf. So, yeah, but, uh, in parcel with with um, questions from journalists, um, yeah, I thought the club did did well there. And you can see sort of a full write-up on, on what happens uh, on the Bristol Live website at the moment. Blackburn Rovers this weekend, Gregor. Uh, they're pretty tough to go to because they've only lost twice at home all season. They're in that pack just behind Bristol City, chasing that playoff place. Uh, I think I feel like I've said this a few times this season, but a point would be good there. Yeah, it definitely would. I'd, I'd probably take that now. I'm okay, it would end the winning run, but keep the unbeaten run to push it out to 14 mm. games. Looking at the table, I have to say, if, if Bristol City though could pull off a win this weekend, I reckon they would be almost nailed on for a top seven finish. Just looking at how the points are, because look, you look there, you look where they are. Michelle's shaking her head here, but look how. Where they are, do not forget, they've got this game in hand. So essentially, if they won this weekend, push it up to 50 points. Look at Birmingham in eighth. They're on 43 points and they'd be on equal games. You'd have a seven-point buffer. That is a big difference at this at this stage. And also with the run they're on, the momentum they've got, I, I just think there's a terrific opportunity. Saying that, I don't expect them to win. And saying that, I don't think Birmingham will finish in the top six, but I think Aston Villa might. I still think Aston Villa might come good. I know they had a, a pretty poor result at Reading, nil-nil at the weekend. But I, I just think you look at the squad of Aston Villa, what they've got. On I know on paper it, it looks solid, but also Derby have that game in hand as well. So you're right with the top seven, perhaps. You might be right with that. But top six, the problem is Derby, Borough, West Brom all also have the game in hand. I think you need a, a dose of realism to hit you in the face like a Tyrone Mings boot, maybe. But, oh, controversial. But, uh, but, yeah, no, I'm not sure about Villa. I just don't think they're good enough for the back still. And, yeah, 
a fair amount of points to make up. But if Blackburn win this weekend against Bristol City, mm-hmm. then it throws it wide open again because they'll be on 46 points. Bristol City will be on 47. Mm-hmm. It's incredibly tight. Yeah, we'll see, we'll see. Obviously, City have got this game in hand. They've announced... You've got to win today. it. Yeah, they've announced today that they're going to play Borough, I think, at the beginning of Yeah, in April, April. the busiest yeah. month for them ever. So, um, yeah, we'll see We'll see how the Robins do. And I, d- I do expect more to come from City. They've got all these scored options. I'm not too sure that they fully know just yet what their very best eleven would be, actually. We might see Palmer starting by the end of the season. Mm. I have to say, just a word on uh, Jada Silva, who was, we obviously heard from Yeah, later. we just heard from yeah. He, he's, he's been so great, I think, the last few he weeks. He speaks well as well. When he spoke yeah. to you, we just, just heard that earlier in the podcast. Um, the fact he's coming in and taking Lloyd Kelly's place, who would have seen that at the start of the season? Absolutely, and um, spoke to him recently about his uh, time when he was at Luton and uh, specifically how he got to the final of a European competition under 11s with Luton Town and he scored in the final against Bayern Munich to uh, win a a prestigious title on the continent. Um, Some other good players in that squad as well, I think. I think Jack Wilshere might have been maybe a year above or a couple of years above. Uh, Tyreek Bakinson was in the year below, I believe. Um, let's hear now from um, a man you were just talking about there who has been instrumental, you were talking about him a few minutes ago, about Antoine Semenyo. He's been instrumental in his career, but not only his career, a number of young players. Gregor, you went and spoke to David Hockaday. Um, just before we hear a little bit of this interview, because I know it's a long, long chat and you're going to be writing about it in Bristol Live and Bristol Post this week. Um, just explain David's background. So, yeah, it was great to... Uh, speak to Dave and I must start by thanking him uh, ever so much for the interview. Dave has obviously coached um, for a long while in uh, the Championship and Premier League level even. He was the former Leeds United manager for a year. Um, He's been, most people will know him from his time at Forest Green Rovers. For the last two years he's been working at the South Gloucester and Stroud College, um, heading up uh, male football there. And he was um, he, he gave us some of his time today. It was fantastic to hear from him because he's experienced at that level of the game. And basically, yeah, he, he's he, since he's been there, he's just turned around the fortunes of the football size there. And he was explaining how they've basically produced some uh, six guys who've gone on to earn professional deals, or, or I think one of them maybe is on a two-year scholarship, but the other five have earned pro deals at other clubs, which is pretty phenomenal when you think that we're talking about guys here that are coming through at a younger age who have slipped the net elsewhere, mm. 15 and 16-year-olds. And in particular, he's going to explain about Antoine Semenyo, who obviously a bit has been in the headlines recently. There was... Um, According to my sources, um, a, a two million pound bid I've from also Chelsea. Heard that. Yeah. Uh, I've also heard that. So, yeah, we we know, and I think it was confirmed. Basically, uh, we double sourced it. Yeah, we double sourced it, and um, I think Lee Johnson confirmed uh, the interest as well. It's not a secret. He said um, last week, which which is a good sign for Bristol City that these huge clubs are looking at the youngsters at Ashton Gate. Antoine is one. We're going to maybe see um, a bit of him later on this season. I just want to throw out there just one item of contention is that. Uh, Lee Johnson admitted last week that it was Steve Lansdowne, actually, who said, let's bring this guy back in and have a look at him over the last six months. And uh, I, I know a few supporters have picked up on that. I'm not too sure where I stand on that one. At the same time, I, I think um, Steve is obviously uh, aware of the financial side. He wants the sustainability of the club. 
And I suppose, to an extent, he makes a very good point probably there, that if a team like Chelsea wants him, then surely Bristol City should be mm, looking yes, at using him as well. So, But yeah. would he just go to Chelsea and play in the under-23s? That, yeah, that's, that's a, a fair point, really, a fair counter. Mm. OK, let's hear from David right now. I'm here to produce players. Yeah. That's what I'm here for. If we win things, well, great. I'm here to produce players. So in the last 16 months, and I know you want to talk about Antoine, I've had six lads join the pro game. Now, that shouldn't happen. So the first lad went, signed a two-year scholarship. Five lads have signed pro contracts. Right. Now, that's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. Now, we've got Antoine Semenya has gone. So he's somebody that I, I um, found... Uh, he was lost. He was lost in, in London. And I've kept tabs with him, got him here. He played a year here for SGS in the southwest counties. Yeah. Um, how, how did you find him? Um, I found him, um, as you do, on a, on a training day. I put on a training day at um, Bisson Abbey. And right. he turned up with a lot of people. And What sort of age would that have been? He'll have been about 16. Okay, so we're talking quite you know, a bit older then, because I was imagining it would be a younger age. No, these are guys. He was about 15, 16. Right. Not 16, he'll have been 16. And under 16, so he'll have been 15 or 16. And, and the boys that catch my attention, that, that I liken them to an itch. I can't get rid of them. He, <laughs> and he was an itch. Mm -hmm. Now, he, he was disheartened because he'd been at a few pro clubs. He bounced from here, there and everywhere. He was playing in the wrong position. Mm -hmm. he, he Where had, did he play? He had it all wrong. Uh, well, because he was the best player at his school, he played midfield. Okay. He's not a midfield player. Mm -hmm. So uh, a big thing is seeing the potential and then it's asking them players their identity and then sometimes it's getting them to change their identity of themselves. So basically, Antoine, you're not a midfield player, you're a striker. But he has to say that. It's no good me saying it. I believe it, but he has to believe it. So he eventually got it round that he started to believe that he was a striker. Now, once he got his head round that, oh my goodness, <laughs> he just absolutely, he was just smack, he, he was uncontainable. That nobody could play against him at Southwest County's level. Bristol City and a lot of other clubs were looking at him. We come to pre-season and what we do is we mirror the pro game so we'll be back end of June, beginning of July here and we will have a proper professional pre-season. The boys will be in every day. I don't pay my players. They right. do this through yeah, their hunger yeah. and their desire. Um, we played a pre-season. Um, we played MK Dons and we beat them 3-2. We played Swindon, we beat them 3-1. With them, and this is their best under 18s. Okay, forgive my ignorance. But, under what team would that be? Would that be SGS, 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 SGS. first team? Right, okay. This is the brand so SGS. You, I, I'm guessing you must be getting a lot of interest then at the moment. If, if people are seeing these results and you're, you're yeah. beating the likes yeah. of MK Dons, you, you there must be. Well, like, there's more. Okay. We beat MK Dons 3 2, we beat Swindon 3 1, we then had a Tom, we beat Bristol City 3 1. <laughs> we played Falkirk under 20s, we beat them 2 0. We lost to Oxford United 2 1. We then uh, went and drew with Reading, who were cat 1-0-0, and we smashed them. And then we lost to Birmingham City away 4-3, and they got to the semi-final of the FA Youth Cup. We were seriously competitive. That was my first start of my first year, yeah. and we were competitive. And on the back of that, all of the teams and others were offering Antoine a two-year deal. Right, OK. Two-year pro deal. On the back of that, eventually Bristol City came in, offered him, and he's now... Uh, he's gone to Bristol City, he made his debut at the final game of the season. Sheffield United, yeah, I was, I was there. Um, and I keep in touch with him, get the lad touching two, three times a week, because uh, once they're touched by me, that's it, I don't let them go, I'm here to help them and mentor them. 
Um, he's um, gone off to Newport. I know the manager there, Flynn, who's done a great job there. Mm -hmm. They've brought him back. They've turned down a £2 million bid yeah. from yeah, Chelsea. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how that one yeah. plays out. Um, something similar and yet quite different with, with Sekou because Sekou played that year for Bath City yes, against yeah. us but every time he played against us we smashed them mm -hmm. and yet he always causes problems yeah. so he was coming to SGS I was talking to him I got on brilliantly with Sekou um, Bristol City again came in signed him yeah. got him out on loan he's a good player he's yeah. a very good player brilliant, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. done really really well mm -hmm. so the two, I'd love to see those two play together. Yeah. Oh my goodness, yeah, they yeah. are destined for. So they're both SGS. We also got Tom Harrison, who again, his identity was wrong. Got into his head. He became a centre half. Mm -hmm. He's now signed for Bristol City. He's on loan at Western Supermare. Yeah, and sure. I think when he plays the 23s, he's probably captain. So three of the best under 19s of Bristol City yeah. pros are SGS, right. which we are really, really proud of. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Bristol City are obviously proud of that link as well. Yeah. That was David Hockaday um, speaking to Gregor. There'll be much more from that interview on the Bristol Live website and in the Bristol Post. Um, and he really is bringing through some talent at SGS. Very exciting project he's got going on there. That's all we've got time for this week. Uh, Gregor, enjoy your trip up to Blackburn Rovers. Fingers crossed for a positive result. Another midweek game next week against QPR. And uh, we'll be back after that game uh, discussing how these two big games have impacted Bristol City's now chase to get promoted. Exciting times ahead, yeah. Robins on the Wire.